This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Uh, This is Doreen Kennelly, and I'm here with my husband, Jack. And we're just entering our last segment of Real Presence Live for this chilly Thursday morning. And we want to say thank you to all our listeners for being here. And I uh, just wanted to mention a few things before we welcome our next guest, Roxanne Solonen. Uh, Before we head into this segment, I just want to invite you to our website, if you haven't been there, realpresenceradio.com. This has even more great content, and you can listen to programming from our local area. You can find a podcast if you missed one of the daily shows. You can submit a prayer intention and nominate your favorite priest for donuts and more. Be sure to check it out, realpresenceradio.com. Yeah, now, some of you may be, some of you regular listeners may be familiar with Roxanne, who's often been a, uh, a host for Real Presence Live. And so, uh, Dreen and I were just speaking with her uh, before the break, and we're thinking uh, we might just take off and go get a glass of a cup of coffee somewhere and <laughs> kind of let you take care of the next half hour and just kind of talk to yourself for a while. How's that? I like being on this end for, for once, so I, I, I'll be happy to, to gather your questions and try to have something coherent, coherent oh. to say. <laughs> okay, we, okay, we will not abandon you then. Yes, we look forward to hearing what you have to say. You're such a beautiful writer, and you can... You can put ideas into words so so beautifully. Thanks. Must be charism of yours, I'm yeah. guessing. Well, why don't you give us a little bit of background on yourself and kind of like why you're here, you know, to talk about prever- persevering <laughs> in the defense of life. And I think after all these years, perseverance is very important. Yeah, I was. Uh, I took I took the questions that were prepared in advance to adoration last night and. I got stuck on the first one thinking, how far back do you want to go with this? Um, But one thing I think is important to mention is that I was pro-choice at one time. And uh, some people are surprised to hear that when they know, you know, the activities I'm doing through Sidewalk Ministry. I pray at our local abortion facility here in Fargo, the only one in North Dakota. Most Wednesdays, not all day, but I take an hour or two, not just during 40 Days for Life. Um, But I used to in college days, I have to explain, back when I was growing up, abortion wasn't talked about as much. We kind of knew a little bit about it. Um, it was kind of a secret topic. It wasn't didn't come up, at least in my um, family, at the dinner table. And at some point, though, I realized I would never have an abortion, but I could never judge anyone else for doing that. And that's kind of the mentality I took going into college. And all of my peers were with me on that. So we all agreed on that point. Um, but eventually my, my brain started maturing, my spirit started maturing a little bit, and I started trying to think through that logically and realized never would I say in any other circumstance, it's okay to kill this person, but I won't kill that person. And suddenly it, it was taking on a whole new uh, realm. Um, I had gone on a retreat towards the end of college where we were discussing it openly, and it was the first time I really heard my fellow Catholics talking about it and, and saying it's wrong. And it was a safe place to kind of begin to uh, review what I was thinking about it. And and then, of course, motherhood just blasted that in a whole other direction. I just kept growing and growing and growing um, through it. One more thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did have a friend in my early adult uh, years who didn't grow up in a, in a Christian home, but we, were, we had a lot of other things in common. 
And she had an unexpected pregnancy and came to me the day that she thought she was pregnant. We went to my house to um, do a pregnancy test, and and she was pregnant, and we celebrated that. But she was worried. Um, she was living with her boyfriend, and he wasn't wanting kids. And she ended up having an abortion, and that weighed very heavily on me, and I had to process that. It was also a time that I, I was growing, again, in my faith. My husband was um, had just converted to Catholicism, and and then we got pregnant. And so it was interesting because she she really followed our pregnancy. She wanted to be there when we had the baby. She was very upset. <laughs> I was very modest and didn't want her there. Um, it was an interesting journey. We ended up parting ways, not by my decision, but I think it was just too painful for her. So anyway, I bring up these points to, to show that there were different things, difficult things, that made me really think about this issue and inform what what I feel about it today, which is a great passion for, for life and also a, a heart for the women who are presented with, you know, this choice, which isn't a choice at all. So your beautiful journey just from um, being aware of what abortion is to, you know, and then I would say that conversion from it's okay for others, um, not okay for me, and then questioning yourself, well, why wouldn't it be okay for me if it, <laughs> and why would it be okay for others, um, to, you know, really supporting this, trying to support your friend and, and being open to life yourself. Um, so how did that lead you into a movement, mm-hmm. the, the pro-life movement, per se? Well, I would say there was one other event that was critical, and that was after we had our second child, we were pregnant with our third. It was not a welcomed um, pregnancy to, to a lot of people around us. Even some of our family were kind of questioning because we had our boy and our girl. Mm-hmm. Friends would say, well, you're done, right? And when we didn't give a firm answer on that, they were shocked. And so that was a whole other journey. And sadly, it wasn't met as joyfully as the other two announcements were. And then we, we lost that child. So there was a double sting. Not only did it not was not met as happily by our community, but um, we lost that child. It was a, a double sting. It just hurt so much. And um, so, so we went on a journey from there. I, I, we really be- believe fully that that child was real. We were actually just getting starting to look at names. It was still the first trimester, but. Um, right, right before we realized what was happening, and it was devastating. And I think that really was the final thing that happened that that pushed me into a whole other realm of of being convicted about the truth of life and looking at the kids that I did have and going, "Wow, like they're amazing. They they didn't exist and at all. Like they weren't here, and now they're here. You know, so." Um, so the, the loss brought, I mean, the light from the loss was that it really convicted your heart yeah. to, the, to the preciousness of mm-hmm. you. Yes. At, at that time, were there any support groups for people who had? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I know I've seen a lot, there seems to be a lot more of that now mm-hmm. in the last, say, five years, you know, support for there people was. who have lost a pregnancy. I did go to one of the the vigils that they had where, where, it was in October, I think, mm-hmm. Respect Life Month, where you, you um, do a little ceremony and there's a candle and you, and you honor that child. Mm-hmm. We also had a, a, a priest at the time that came to our house and we did a little prayer thing there. And 
we sang. I couldn't sing, but my husband sang and he sang, and um, we just really kind of gave that child to God. That was very healing. He was a little bit late, and I kind of started to panic. I really felt I, I just needed. We, you know, we couldn't have a funeral or there was anything like that, but. I needed something to to grieve that child, and 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 then um, three months later, I I'm just going to say this on the air. On my birthday, I conceived <laughs> my daughter Elizabeth. I, oh, I was, wonderful! Yeah. Yes. I know that's a little too much information, but natural family planning gives you <laughs> lots of information. That mm-hmm. and, and to be honest, it was quite beautiful. That mm. I felt like it was a, that was a gift from God, mm-hmm. and that He wasn't that wasn't a punishment. That wasn't something He doesn't give life and then take it away. It was a natural thing. I found that I was low on progesterone and I was able to remedy that for my next pregnancies then through a natural means. Mm-hmm. We have one of those charts too. Okay, yes, yeah. It's, it's empowering actually when you, when you realize, you know, so uh, yeah. Anyway, I, I know that's a lot of background getting into the, to why I'm on the sidewalk, but to be honest, yeah. it all plays a part in, in why I'm there. And I think becoming a, being a mother to a five kids and just, seeing their value again that 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 thought that they weren't here looking at their gorgeous little bodies and just thinking they were not here and now they they've been manifest through through love and through God's design and and I mean of all the different possibilities these are the ones yes. that are here and yes. they're here eternally yes and he intended them to be yeah yes. it's just kind of overwhelming yes. so it's beautiful. beautiful and so then when you think of someone not being in the right place and feeling that pressure and hearing the voices of the culture, your heart just breaks. Mm-hmm. So I know often, you know, having spent a lot of time praying at the abortion facility in Fargo as well, um, the other side somehow has the attitude that we are making judgments on the woman, that we're not there to support the woman. Can you talk a little bit about how, the, how that is just a false notion and... And who, hmm. you, who are you there for? Yeah. One of the questions that, that was asked in advance was, what are some of the obstacles? And I think the obstacles are the language and the words and the mantras that are used by the pro-choice, I'm saying in quotes, community. It, it's very hard because those are very loud and people hear those lies. And so we have to deal with that when we're praying on the sidewalk. We, and, and, and the lie of those people out there that with their rosary beads, they're, they're, you know, harassing you. They're, you know, all this, they're told in advance to watch out for us and they're the protectors and we're dealing with that, you know, but in our hearts, no, we're not there to judge, but that's what they're told and that's what they believe. Yesterday though, I had a beautiful experience where someone came out and I just went up to give her some post-abortive material because she, she came out with a bag and it, I assumed that she had. She said she hadn't mm. gone through with it. I'm still not exactly sure if she took the pill and needs to take more. But she just said, can I have a hug? And I've never been asked. I've hugged people out there before, but never been asked to hug. And she then she wanted another hug. I mean, beautiful mm-hmm. soul and heart. And I'm just so grateful that I was there to give her that mm-hmm. hug. And I gave mm-hmm. her my information and where she could go to get help, and if everyone would just pray for this dear, sweet lady that I that I had a chance to encounter, I'm just so grateful, mm-hmm. really, that I was there. So, um, just a beautiful that's example what, of that's, God thing. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're feeling. And, we're and, not there, and that was just yesterday. Yes, yeah. and yes. my guess with uh, 
the number of times you've been there over the years that uh, you've got some more stories that you can tell us on the other side of the yes. break because we're coming yes. up on a break here. Mm-hmm. And I just want to remind our listeners, you're listening to Roxanne Solonen, and this is Real Presence Live. And uh, my wife, Doreen, and, and myself, Jack Canelli, are your hosts. And uh, we'll go to the break and we'll come back and we'll have Roxanne tell us some more stories and we'll continue our discussion about uh, the, you know, her uh, Uh, experiences in the pro-life movement. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Have you ever worried about someone's salvation, especially one who died by suicide? I'm Father Chris Alar. Sometimes the state of their soul seems to cause us fear for their eternal fate. They die in what seems to be a hopeless state of sin and unrepentance. However, Jesus says in 1698 of the Diary of St. Faustina that what looks hopeless to us is in fact not so. He says that many times the soul illuminated by a ray of his final grace turns to him in the last moment to receive complete forgiveness of all sin and punishment, although we see no external signs of this. Wow, we can see why Jesus said that divine mercy is mankind's last hope of salvation. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. Uh, I remember even during that time, and and this was uh, during the beginning years of John Paul II's pontificate, And whenever I heard him on TV, because he was always in the news, especially with his travels in Eastern Europe, Poland and all, I I would hear the things that would come out of his mouth and I would go, there's no way this person is not closer to God than I am. Mm. Uh, So I always had this sort of secret respect for for John Paul II. Of course, I never said this to any of my (laughs) brethren friends. You You wouldn't dare. No, of course not. But I, I, I... I, I don't mean to disparage them because they taught me to love the scripture. And interestingly enough, even though they, they do not believe in the real presence of Christ in the sacrament, they had communion every Sunday. And so they really taught me to love the Lord's Supper uh, and to love the scriptures. And so I'm really thankful to them for that. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to the continuation of our last segment of Real Presence Live. We're uh, having a discussion with Roxanne Solonen about her experiences in the the pro-life movement. And I guess we can just kind of continue. You, You recounted a story that just happened yesterday, but... Why don't you tell us some more uh, stories of your experiences over the over the years? Well, one of the things I wanted to share is that I didn't go intending to write about the sidewalk. I went there because I felt like I wanted to do more than just write. I was doing a lot of writing, and I felt like I need to do something where I'm just being just faithful to God in a different way that I could use my person and my my love as a, a mother and my compassion. To, to be there and stand there for Christ. and But over time, it became, 
I was so shocked that of what was happening, what I was seeing, what I was counter, encountering through the women, through the escorts, the workers, the exchanges, the people driving by, uh, the homeless people that would come up and talk to us, and we'd have great conversations. Some of the things they said that had, it was like God was talking to me through them. I mean, so many things. And so I finally went into the to, to Paul Brown at the diocesan office and said, can I write about, can I start a column in New Earth about this? Because I love New Earth, and I'd been writing for it for years, but I just felt a calling. I thought, People need to know about this. There's a lot of people that aren't there, um, can't be there, are in the rural areas. And um, so I started writing sidewalk stories and sharing about this. And some there's some t- months that I feel like, oh, there, I, there's nothing to write about. And then I go and there's just, it's like God just like dumps this story right in my lap. It's just incredible. And it's beautiful and heart-wrenching too. But um, so I've, I've written some stories uh, every month for New Earth called Sidewalk Stories. So if anyone wants to go throughout our listening area to the Fargo Diocese um, website, they can find Sidewalk Stories there to, sh- to hear some of the stories that I've shared. And uh, I also was very pleased that the forum is allowing me to write about 40 Days for Life. My story on that will come out tomorrow, and I hope everyone will check that out. Um, it's rare that, you know, we have a chance as pro-lifers to, to articulate that story. I did it, you know, as a neutral observer, um, but I, I was, yeah, I, I, it came together very well, and I think it'll be powerful. So that, That's a pleasant surprise to see it in our local newspaper. Yeah, I was very happy, so thank you to my editor who, who said, yes, that's worthy, and... Uh, yeah, it's it's one of the things I wanted to bring up. Though it's very hard as a writer, the AP style book that we use as journalists um, has some specific things laid out. Um, we can't use the word pro-life. We have to say anti-abortion unless someone's quoted, and abortion rights, not pro-abortion or pro-choice. Um, you can't use abortionist, uh, abortion doctor or practitioner. So. As a person who's pro-life and a journalist, it puts me in a conundrum sometimes when I'm having to articulate this story. Um, I hope that the story that comes out tomorrow will, will, will represent the side that, you know, was giving me the story. Um, but th- that's one of the obstacles, is that um, sometimes we want to blame the writers, but actually the AP style book demands that they use these certain terms, right. which we know words yeah. are important, right? And right. And it, and I guess it shows you the forces that we're up against. Absolutely. You know, in, in this battle. It's well, just really discouraging, though. You what know? would happen if you, in good conscience, didn't do that? I mean, where, how does that balance with freedom of speech or freedom yeah. of the press? I tried to write the story in a way that that wouldn't be a problem. Okay. My editor did let me know in advance that he had to change a couple of the terms. Mm-hmm. He said he'd share those with me in advance. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping to see that today so that I can kind of be forewarned. Because then if, it's, if it doesn't represent what I know to be true, uh, I'll be in a, a it'll have to be explaining that that wasn't my word choice, you know? So yes. I try to not do that. And if anything mm-hmm. that's quoted is fair game, you mm-hmm. know? So... Um, but I think he changed fetus, and I maybe said, you know, used a different word in okay. a couple. So mm-hmm. it's it's a battle. It's a battle. It's exhausting. You but know? would you lose your mm-hmm. job? Or? Well, I'm a contributing writer, so okay. I think I think I, I don't think that's not yeah, at stake. Oh, yeah, okay. and anything I write with my living faith column is an opinion, so sure. I, I can go full blast there, and I'm never edited. So mm-hmm. yeah, so I really have been grateful for, to the forum for being able to speak to the secular world and to continue writing those stories. So they're so important. That's very good to know. Like Jack said, mm-hmm. that you're doing that story. Yeah. So one of the things too, <laughs> I'll just launch in. Yeah. Um, one of the questions posed, you know, to kind of reflect on this is what what I what I can say that I've learned or you know the value of being there, and I would just say 
I have learned so much about God and his love. I've learned so much about just believing that if you pray and show up, it you, you don't have to worry so much about the the outcome because God is going to reach the hearts that he wants. We're just a vessel. I think it can get really discouraging to people that don't see the visible effects and we see that everything just seems so against us. God has taught me to be patient and to look into the hearts of everyone. Every time I go there, I learn something new. It's just incredible. I know a lot of people are fearful. One of the things we'd love is for more people to come down. And we've gotten more people over the years, but we always always could use more pro-life people to just even pray. You don't have to say anything. And we're, there's others there that are have been there longer that can be the ones that approach the women or whatever. But just I would encourage people to pray about it if you're in the vicinity because— you know, this is the only abortion facility in our state, and there's just been so many fruits that have come from being there. Where else can you engage the culture in in, in this way? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know of any other way. Right. And, and God is a God of surprises. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, He throws some doozies our way, and I just learned so much about Him. Um, Roxanne, tell our listeners when this is happening. I know, I know very pro-life people that had no idea every that this Wednesday, happened. Every happened. Wednesday, every Wednesday. Four Days for Life and beyond, every Wednesday, cold, warmth, whatever, we're down there. And I'm not down there again all day. I take my I take my afternoon slot, you know, um, and I have a friend that and who goes there, and she's more the prayer person behind me. I try to approach the women when I can. Mm-hmm. Um, but any any Wednesday, and I, I just want to say, if you're interested, my email is Roxanne B. Solonen, S-A-L-O-N-E-N, at gmail.com. If you want to get in touch with me, I can help connect you. We have a, a WhatsApp group that connects, mm-hmm. and there's different ways to, to be connected if you are worried and don't want to be alone. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it is, I don't know. Like I said, my faith has grown so much. Yeah, It's interesting, though, the idea of being afraid you know, or apprehensive about mm-hmm. showing up. And, you know, sometimes courage is just a matter of showing up. Absolutely. God, will, God will open our hearts and mm-hmm. show us what He wants us to, mm-hmm. to learn. And uh, we learn from each other, too. We're all at kind of different levels of of knowing and understanding yeah. what's going on. Yeah, and people can stay there for whatever period of time they want. Yeah, you oh, can right. just come and pray the rosary. There was a group of focus missionaries yesterday in a little circle, young adults, and we love when young people come. Please, if you're young and have a heart for pro-life, you can show up for just a few minutes. Some people mm-hmm. come from out of town. They're on their way to appointment. They come in and say a little prayer and leave. I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, God sees every little act of love. Right, and if it's impossible... The prayer support from home or a trip to your local parish or to an adoration chapel would would be powerful as well. We love the prayers, and, mm-hmm. and we are assured that those prayers are, are what cause, help effect the saves and such, and the prayers are, are everything to us. So Okay, well, Roxanne, we certainly want to thank you for coming in this morning. I wish we had more time for you to tell some more stories, because I know there, there are more. The article. Uh, yeah, and... Uh, Oh, and I'm just going to remind our listeners to check out the article that's coming out um, on 40 Days for Life that Roxanne Tomorrow is publishing in the forum. In yes. the forum. Right, yeah. and also your regular uh, uh, article in the, the New Earth. Yes, yeah. Uh, stories from the sidewalk. Yes, mm-hmm. sidewalk stories. Oh. Can I do one quick shout out? Thank you to all mm-hmm. my sidewalk advocates that are praying for me today and every day because I'm just the voice for all these lovely people. So. Okay, well, we're, we're, we're glad you've been able to get here and be here to be their voice today. And so with that, again, thanks, Roxanne, and 
Trez, it looks like it's your turn as the te- for the technical director preview for the next show. Thank you. Uh, so on the next Real Presence Live, that's Friday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central, host Father Tim Smith and Chris Euler will be coming to you live from Sa- Sacred Heart Church in Aberdeen. They'll visit with... N- with Luke Grosnikloss about the witness of his family as he battled a degenerate disease. Then Christopher Wells will be on to share about his journey to Vatican News. And what will RCIA look like this year? We'll have Todd Graff from the Diocese of Winona, Rochester on to discuss this. All that and much more will be coming up on the next Real Presence Live Friday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Back to you. Okay, thanks, Therese. It sounds like it'll be an interesting show tomorrow morning. And, uh, Dreen, do you have another joke for us? We've we, we got a little extra time here to work one in. To have another joke. <laughs> just a second. Okay. All right. So, a man died and was waiting in line to get into heaven. He was the third in line and overheard St. Peter talking to the other souls. What are, uh, what were you in life? St. Peter asked of one man. He said, I was a personal injury lawyer. Come with me, said St. Peter. I will show you to your quarters. And St. Peter led the man to a sumptuous palace, more glorious than anything on earth. St. Peter returned to the line and asked the next man what he did in life. The man replied, in life, I was John Paul II, Pope John Paul II. St. Peter said, let me show you to your quarters, and led the pontiff to a tiny shack made of the crudest materials imaginable. When St. Peter returned to the line, the man started shouting, that isn't fair, that was the Pope, and you put him in a terrible house. Well, some nobody of a lawyer gets the finest place imaginable. This just doesn't seem right. St. Peter shrugged his shoulders. What can I say? We've got hundreds of popes up here. It's the first lawyer we've ever had. <laughs> that was for my husband Jack, the lawyer. Uh, I get it. <laughs> my son. I get it. <laughs> There's hope. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we got about thirty seconds. I I don't have any jokes uh, that are are that short, other than the one that I said last week about the horse walked into the bar and the bartender says, "Why the long face?" <laughs> that one always gets a laugh. Yeah. Oh, there somewhere someone is chuckling. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Trez is yeah. chuckling in the in the control room. That's right. Okay. Oh, thanks again, Roxanne. Yeah, I'd love to do. come back anytime and share more. So. Sounds great. Yes, yeah. and thank you to all of our listeners. And if you want to uh, listen to the program again or any of our the other programming on uh, Real Presence Radio, realpresenceradio.com.